back to the Grid Sisters podcast. My name is Lauren. My name is Tess. And we're the Grid Sisters. Yeah. Okay, jumping right into it. We got a lot to talk about. week was nuts. Melbourne was a crazy race. It was it was all crazy. Um, to save you and us mm-hmm. time, uh, race weekend recap. We're jumping right in. Uh, we are not gonna keep going over FP one two in three because honestly, just go watch the highlights on YouTube if mm-hmm. you're curious what happened there. There were a lot of spinoffs. Drivers looked like they had some issues with grip and the track, and that's pretty much how we would kind of sum it up. We know for sure that, and this obviously plays into what happens in the race and quali but we know for sure Checo was having a lot of problems with his car this weekend during practice that led to him not even getting a lap in in q1 jumping right into qualifying uh we did have Checo out um right away flagging the session yeah right away same corner he had an issue with in practice Mm -hmm. um he said over the radio you know guys we got to fix this no the problem is still there super rough uh super rough weekend for Checo in that regard Mm -hmm. and then we also had a horrible weekend for Bottas even race pace wise that Alfa Romeo was not looking sharp like Bottas was struggling and we know Bottas is a good driver so that's Mm -hmm. where it's kind of one of those what's up in the world is going on here (laughs) that kind of this is this might be a chaotic episode that kind of brings me to first race of the season Bahrain Mm -hmm. we had a lot of conversations about like wow actually the Alfa Romeos might be looking good yeah but Mercedes looks horrible in Bahrain oh yeah Mercedes had a good weekend Alfa Romeos not so this is one of those things like what we were talking about is this going to be one of those where track by track Like disaster. Like the McLaren car seems to love Monza, but hates everywhere else. So we'll get to McLaren. We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> now. But yeah. So Botas rough weekend. Joe had like some good moments in the actual race. Yes. I think I think Joe performed well. Joe did out qualify Botas, but they uh-huh. still were both out in Q3. Um Gasly had a great qualifying Q1. session. Or Yes, Q1. Sorry. <laughs> Gasly had a great qualifying session. Yeah, sorry. Who else qualified really well? Lando qualified well. Um, yes, Lando got into Q2. Yes. Logan Sargent did not qualify well. Neither did Oscar Piastri. I don't think he made it out of Q1 either. I don't think so Unfortunate either. for his hometown race. Alex Thanks. Albon. Unfortunate what happened to him, and we'll get to that, but Alex Albon uh, effing killed it. Alex Albon is my man. Honestly, love him. Love that guy. Love Alex. Alex did an amazing, amazing job. We're Bleach Bestie twins. And seriously, he's been killing it. I feel like, obviously, he's driving Williams, which you never really know what's going to happen with Williams. Right. Because it's Williams. But they do look like they are improving. Exactly. I think that this could be an amazing year for Alex. Mm -hmm. Okay. Alex might be having a better year than all of Ferrari. Yeah. Like... That's crazy. He did better than both of Ferrari. Yeah. Until. Until he didn't. didn't. That does take us a little bit back to practice where Mm -hmm. Alex was having issues with that exact same turn. The gravel trap caught people out this weekend with a good old-fashioned gravel trap. I actually don't mind them. I enjoy them. I like that it punishes you for the mistakes that you make, but it is unfortunate. It's inescapable. Yeah. Yes. Where I think that it also does kind of lead to the issue that caused the red flag where... 
the gravel spray mm-hmm. can get a little out of hand and Absolutely. it's hard to clear. There's also but... a lot of debris that happens in that area if you do hit the barrier. Yes. Um, and that was one of the things that we saw as the biggest issue this weekend. Another thing to debris. Another thing to kind of point out with that, uh, the FIA, I believe, was trialing a four DRS zone. Yes. Strategy. Yes. Uh, or not strategy, layout for yes. Albert Park this weekend. And yes. that was actually really awesome. I feel like we saw a lot of really great overtakes and really great it's battles. So many good battles because of the amount DRS, like overtaking that could happen because of the like, abundance of drs times because that's the thing is the drs zones when there aren't as many Mm -hmm. they almost take away from the race in some ways yeah and that's where i feel like you get those drs trains it's like drs train and that's the only place that anyone's gonna pass and like oops that sucks where like it makes it so entertaining because lewis and alonso had such an interesting race watching those two play chess Mm -hmm. in their car Mm -hmm. in the middle of the race was even like so great like lando defending against checo yeah and like lando making passes it's just it was amazing to watch the drs i feel like it was really 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 effective in this race I agree. And it's unfortunate because they were talking about it a lot. That McLaren looks really draggy. And what that means is it it's just even the DRS, not enough drag reduction. They are still slower. There are a couple cars they were talking about were really looking draggy, like the McLarens. Even the Aston Martins looked really draggy. The Aston Martins have even their downforce, yeah, I think. They, they have a lot more speed than the McLaren Agreed. and a lot more working for them, uh-huh. but they, they're definitely draggy in comparison. So what I think that is going to be the craziest thing to see is continually, like, what is Red Bull doing? Why is it working so Because well? the one thing we have to say is Red Bull's DRS. It's it like seems magical. Like they are get- it seems like they are getting, like, five extra kilometers per hour over everybody else's DRS. So, like, advantage. DRS already gives you, what, like, an 11 It's I think it's between 17 and 11 kilometers per hour, depending like, on the area and the car. Of, like, advantage mm-hmm. over the person in front of you that you have DRS on. And then it feels like Red Bull... It feels like if everyone else has 11, Red Bull has 17. Yeah. It's like... And you know what? That is one of the areas that I love so much about Formula One because this is where the little technicalities and the little, like, technological advancements come to light. So this is, like, the thing that Toto was saying, where Mm -hmm. Toto was like, you know what, we really have to give it to them because they got it right. Like, it's as simple as that, is whatever they did, they got it right. Mm -hmm. They, They engineered it to the point where it is beautiful, and they deserve to be winning because they got it right. It's Adrian Newey. Adrian. I think so. He designed that car. And honestly, everyone who drives one of his ca- designed cars says one of the best cars I've ever driven for the most yeah. part. Uh, except Fernando Alonso loves his Aston Martin. But so we'll obviously we'll keep getting back to small points. We'll keep getting back to like small points and stuff of the race. But it's more like I just have like really random things that are about the race, but not like actual things that happen in the race. Same. Anyways, um, Mercedes, they all were like, mm, not sure what's happening this weekend because we didn't really bring upgrades. We don't know no. what's happening that so, is good. Actually, 
something with that red bull had upgrades but there were no upgrades on the ferrari or the mercedes and the mercedes seem right i don't know if they just found a good tune i don't know if they just found the right setting george was joking i think that it's whatever um jet lag system they were running like for them like they're like oh it's whatever jet lag like thing we're doing and i'm like okay hilarious but what is happening we are doing why is your car working hang so on well hang also? on sidebar really fast we Fine. have two moments on the jet lag thing first of all carlos signs instagram stories where he's talking us through oh, like his jet lag routine, his jet lag routine. <laughs> i that was golden First of all, it seems slightly unhinged, but in like the best way. Like I didn't expect it from Carlos, but I loved it. You it's know? almost like he was like, no, no, guys, I promise I know what the people want to see. Yeah. Like, like the people who like he like tells his Instagram admin, he's like, no, 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 no. This is what people want to see. Or they were like, here, you can have the login like while you're on the flight. Like, yeah. Sure. He's like, yeah. like this is what I do for my jet lag. And they're like, whoa. <laughs> and then we're taking your Instagram away. <laughs> And then one more thing, and I saw this on, I think it was LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I'm a big LinkedIn person. If you don't use LinkedIn or you don't follow F1 teams on LinkedIn, you definitely should because they actually release a ton of information there that they don't release anywhere else. So it's really a great place to kind of get a lot of info on different F1 teams. Wait, really quick, even crazier side note that has nothing to do with literally anything. I'm drinking out of a disco ball cup right now. So you should go watch the video format of this episode because I'm drinking out of a disco a disco ball cup. And it is water. And it's just water, but I'm drinking out of a disco ball cup. Okay. So it's from Target. Just saying. In the dollar section. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that I looked at myself and I was like, I forgot I was drinking out of this. This is kind of fun. Anyways, back to LinkedIn. Okay. <laughs> so saw this on LinkedIn. Did you know that they bring the driver's mattresses? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. According to the video that I watched on LinkedIn, this was in the Mercedes garage. They said, we do everything we can, including bringing the driver's mattresses. Like from home. Yeah. Like for them to sleep on, I mean, like, like at know, a like hotel. Their, yeah. Like they have the same kind of mattress that they sleep on at home. They like have a mattress that they travel with. I'm assuming, yeah. What in the... What? It's giving... Okay, this is going to be a really niche thing, but it's giving, you know, uh, the game plan with yes. The Rock and Madison Pettis, mm-hmm. where he goes, this is my custom-designed $12,000 bed. Yes, 100%. It's giving that energy. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm curious. I don't know if every team does this, but I believe it was Mercedes, and it was literally in the garage posted by their team by their admin if no one else does it and it seemed to work if no one else does it and mercedes does it that checks out (laughs) that that is that checks out for that is facts you know there's perks to driving for mercedes apparently you get your mattress on uh on long road trips so this is one of those things where like i think about the difference in like vibe between mercedes and red bull Mm -hmm. and i'm like it doesn't seem like red bull would like bring their mattresses not that like they wouldn't do that it just doesn't seem like the drivers would be like yeah let's bring our mattresses but because lewis and george are like so british 
if that makes sense. Yeah. And, like, they're very, like, Mercedes gives, like, high class. It, it does. And so then it's like, oh, we'll, like, bring Elegance. our mattresses so that we all sleep so plush and it's exactly how we, you know? Mm-hmm. We're, like, Red Bull's kind of like, yeah, let's go! You know? I feel like Max just, like, plays video games and before he races and whatever and I don't know what checkout does. But I just mean, like, I can't imagine them bringing mattresses. I know. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I have a lot of questions. That feels like a strictly Mercedes thing. Not that the other teams wouldn't. It feels very Mercedes. It does. Anyways. <laughs> anyways, I have questions. And if I ever get a hold of them, I'm asking. Mm-hmm. But anyways, from there, Mercedes looked like less of a shit box this mm-hmm. weekend. And you know what? Let's, let's rephrase that. The past two races have been rough. But I don't think, and even Toto said, he said, yeah, we didn't get it right as well as Red Bull did. But our car isn't crap. We need to figure out how to make it work. So, exactly. And I think that they've pointed out a lot of things that Lewis has said that are very specific about Mm -hmm. things he doesn't like. He doesn't like where he sits in the car. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like specific things about the way that the rear drives of this car. It's crazy that it is so different from last year, yet still also wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't understand. It's... But I keep thinking, do they ever catch up in this era? Because I don't Red know. Bull keeps getting it right and then more right and then more right, where Mercedes isn't going even remotely the same direction as Red Bull. No. And do they ever like catch up and get an upper hand mm-hmm. because they're doing something different? I don't know. Also, like, what the fudge sickles is Ferrari doing? I don't know. Because why does their car not even look that good anymore? It looks kind of slow. Like, what happened to Ferrari? It looks kind of slow. It does. It looks slow. It doesn't look like it's handling Like, the Aston Martin is significantly better than the Ferrari. Yes. How? I don't know. I don't know. Like, what happened? Like, Stroll and Sainz had a great battle. Exactly. And that's Lance Stroll. In an Aston Martin. (laughs) So that's the T right now. That's that's a T. The T right now is that Ferrari is just couple other little housekeeping notes mm-hmm. on general things. First of all, all the drivers and the teams love Melbourne for a couple uh-huh. reasons. One, everybody loves that the beach is so close to the circuit. Apparently, a lot of them like to go and hang out at the beach mm-hmm. before the race. That's dope. So innocent and sweet. I know. <laughs> just I know. like chill vibes. I'm just gonna go chill at the beach. Um apparently they have the best coffee like everyone loves the coffee houses in melbourne apparently interesting i never thought they, about that. literally to the point where people have talked about it multiple times this weekend i have Coffee's never like, thought the about first thing i do when i get off the plane is coffee. go to a coffee shop interesting hmm. but now i must know exactly other um, notes the grid boxes, which we have seen have been an issue the past two races, and you'll notice we didn't have any issues with that, have been widened from 2.4 to 2.7 centimeters. And also, you've seen the addition of some yellow lines, I believe, on the grid as well. Those are to help the drivers see. Interesting. So are we accommodating the increased width of the car along with increased the increased width of, width of, the of car, tires? Increased width of tire and the wheel brow that inhibits your ability to see. So they to, can't yeah. see. That makes sense. That makes sense. So I'm glad that the FI is doing something about it instead of just continually giving penalties. To I am too, because none of us like to see a penalty that started on the grid when yeah. the driver can't see. Okay, wait, this kind of gives me 
oh. like hope that the FIA like might be doing something. Mm-hmm. Like, are we gonna see more like infrastructure around like penalties in the pit lane? Like, I'm excited about that. So it, I think there was clarification given to the teams on this rule, but there wasn't anything like super specific in like driver briefing or team yeah, I think it was a driver slash team briefing, which. I wish we still had the video version. Like, I wish we still got insight into that. So, really quick side. At the team briefing, this is directly from Lando Norris himself. At at the driver briefing, Mm -hmm. Daniel Ricciardo was there. Him and Lando made eye contact. And they looked at each other and like, it's time for a hug, buddy. And they gave each other a big, fat hug. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, so, you want to know what's hilarious is everyone has been saying Daniel Ricardo is the most popular driver here and he's not even on the grid. Mm-hmm. Every time you could even hear it on oh, the yeah. broadcast like of the race. Oh yeah. Every time they show Daniel Ricardo on the grid like on the screen, everyone freaks out. Mm-hmm. There were so many Daniel heads everywhere. Like yeah. he is not racing. No, but everybody was oh he's the most lovable thing in the world. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, Scotty James was also there mm. this weekend, which is nobody's surprise. And if you don't know who Scotty James is, he is a professional snowboarder, Daniel's BFF, and professional Olympic snowboarder yes. for Australia. Australia. Yeah, he is Australian. He has the same sponsor of OKX. No, uh, Optus. Optus and OKX. I think. Oh, are they the same thing? Maybe. Yes, of the like Optus Optimism thing. I don't know what it is, but yeah, they have the same sponsor. Also. Scotty James is the boyfriend of Lance Stroll's sister. Yes. So Scotty was in the Aston Martin garage this weekend. So he is like kind of Lance Stroll's brother-in-law. Yes. So that's like, this is a part of, as we would refer to it, like the F1 universe. CU. Yeah, it's like the the Formula One Cinematic Universe. universe. Like the way it's like Marvel or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like this is the F1 CU, you know, like everything's connected. Yes. Uh Now, should we get into, officially get into the race? So we had Checo and Valtteri both starting from the pit lane. Mm -hmm. Checo took new engine components and Bottas took new suspension. Which, that makes sense for Checo, considering that he was having problems, and that's why he didn't even get to set a time in quality. Mm-hmm. But he was starting 20th anyways. Yeah, so, so that makes Throw complete, him in the pit lane. Exactly. If you're going to take an end, a grid penalty, take it when you're already taking 20th. Mm-hmm. Now, the other main point for this race is that due to a lot of red flags, weather issues, and other issues, they had the GPS go out in FP1. Um, they were The teams were low on data. Like they did not have the amount of data that they would normally have going into this weekend. As well as during practices and quality, it was rainier, windier days because mm-hmm. I believe we're here, we're in Australia earlier so than we were yes. previously. And also Melbourne is known, like literally known for having like four seasons in a day. Mm-hmm. So really cold, wet, rainy days. And then hot. it was hot on Sunday. Yeah. And so the data from tires and all these things was like really weird they didn't have the information that they needed exactly other fun information about the race the crowd was sold out they Mm -hmm. sold or there were about 450,000 people Mm -hmm. there 450,000 that's nuts that's so and so awesome I love how popular F1 is getting and it's not just in America it is all around the world I feel like we have seen a massive influx in fan base 
And that's just good for the sport. I love to see it. I agree. I actually recently had a conversation with someone who um, actually owns a car dealership. And I mentioned that we do a podcast about Formula One. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, how did you get into Formula One? And I'm like, oh, my sister, whatever. And they're like, I saw a TikTok about this guy who was stuck in his burning car for 30 seconds and he his hand fell over it. I'm like, this is so funny. I know exactly who that is. I know what he does now. I saw him in Texas. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, it's You're like, reaching, that's like, Roman Grosjean. He actually drives her IndyCar now. We saw him in Texas. It's like reaching the most mm-hmm. random people through so much social media. I love it. I love it so much. Anyways. <laughs> All right. So we will get officially into the race right now. Uh, Russell, George Russell, had an amazing race start. Started in P2, right? Yep. He qualified in P2, and he had a beautiful start. He led the race for Led the laps. race for, what was it, four? Four laps? Something that Max just got Between the Between two and four laps. You know, the but Max was having to defend against Lewis. Oh, yeah. And we were, wa- I was watching this, and I was like, I, what's going on? Right? What is going on? There was a small, not incident that could have been an incident. It probably would have been an incident two years ago uh, where Max thought Lewis pushed him wide and Max didn't technically have that corner because he was not half of his car length ahead of Lewis going into yes. the apex of the turn. So, and on that, and FIA ruled no further investigation. Yes. And Crofty and Jensen made amazing points about this where they're like i feel like in that conversation like you just said an incident that could have been that wasn't Mm -hmm. or whatever we saw a lot of maturity in max because also he didn't continue the complaint on the radio over and over and over Mm -hmm. like pestering for something to be done he just said he pushed me wide end of story keep racing and then they're like he didn't and he's like okay and I think that that, and we see it again a little bit later in the race with the 10 car lengths thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's like, isn't he supposed to be 10 car lengths? And that's like, nope, that's not it. And that's like, okay. It's like the maturity thing yes, where he's like, maturity. he's done arguing. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think it does help, obviously, that they that have the more winning. competitive car <laughs> and he is winning. Mm-hmm. But also at this point, that hunger and drive, obviously that never goes away. Mm-hmm. But that itch for your first world championship. And you're going up against Lewis Hamilton, Mm -hmm. who most people believe is the greatest of all time. I think that's diminished. He has two. Mm -hmm. He like, not that he can relax, but I feel like with that, he's matured a lot. Max is my age, right? He's about, he's 25 now. I believe so. Yes. So he's like fully formed frontal cortex, doesn't need to be, you know, he, he's like, okay, well, I'm just going to get him on the straight then. Cool. Mm -hmm. Now. Leclerc was unfortunately out at turn three after getting tapped by Stroll, uh, which the FIA deemed just an incident, which it was a racing incident. I agree. Um, this is so painful. A turn one Can Charles caught Leclerc, like, so many people. Dude, listen, for my Charles Leclerc fans out there, That's okay. I'm so That's sorry. Okay. Uh, still, I, I mean, I'm a Charles Leclerc fan, but I don't, like, emotionally have skin in that game. And, you know, you know that's where most of my skin is now that Daniel's gone. <laughs> I feel horrible for him because he has had just the worst luck this I year. feel like halfway through last season, all the way till now, 
it's just her. Yeah, it's it's just Spain without the S. And we thought that no Bonotto and like no like with like a team principal change and with like certain changes on the pit wall and things like that that it would get better. And in some ways it has, but at this like we're not seeing as many strategy issues. However, we did see one in Jetta with the hobby like being like, hey, this is supposed to happen. He's like, you need to tell me before. Mm-hmm. That's all whatever. But now it's just like it's one thing after another. Bad luck. Same with Carlos. Just bad it's, luck. Yes. They have such shit luck, dude. It's shit luck, but also shit planning. Shit luck and Ferrari are just like together. Yeah. They just like are like who cursed Ferrari? Because I wanna know. I'm gonna find that witch and just wind it up, you know? <laughs> um but with Leclerc out, that did bring out the safety car, mm-hmm. and we saw a lot of pit stops on lap one. Mm-hmm. Which was so cuckoo bananas. Well, what so the frickety I literally made a note. Tires last a while here, but still. Like, everyone Alex was hoping Albon? For... Yeah, everyone was hoping to be able to pull an Alex Albon. Or, uh, well, yeah, like what he did stop. last year, which was hard tire run. The hard tire run, whole, whole race. race. And then changed at the last moment and got a great position out of it. He finished 10th. Yeah. Which I do have to say, a lot of people were like, uh, Alex, you should have just taken the penalty and race to finish the race and taken mm-hmm. the penalty for not having done the tire change. But that's not the point. Alex Albon is, was the tire whisperer in Australia last he year. He really was. The way he managed those tires was and, insane. And stayed in the top 10. He was running an amazing race. Anyways, but that was a flashback. Yes. Flash forward. Everybody was hoping to pull an Alex Albon after pitting and going on hards from mediums, which yes. most of them had for the start. Which, the other important thing to note is that the medium looked like the stronger tire all weekend. All mm-hmm. through practice, everyone mm-hmm. preferred the medium. All of the data on the medium was looking a lot better. And everyone was saying that the hard tire is hard to get working. And they, no one could get the, heat into exactly. their tires. So, exactly. like, hard was just having, like the hardest time exactly right after that i have the note albon looking good because i believe he was running in fifth or sixth place at this point and immediately after that spoke too soon alex out bad slide safety guard deployed and this is where we have our first red flag yes and this is also uh where we have a little bit of mercedes drama Mm -hmm. so just prior to the alex albon incident um George is being told to manage because Mm -hmm. he's in P1. That's what you do. You manage your tires. You make sure you're you're doing good. And Lewis is obviously attacking, partially because he has pressure from Verstappen behind, but also partially because he's Lewis Hamilton and how he can't not. So Russell comes over to the radio and he goes, you're telling me to manage, but I'm being attacked by my own teammate. So So do you want me to manage or defend or do you want me to manage? So I've, I potentially see that scenario getting a little dicey occasionally. However, I don't think it will ramp up to full heat and drama. I don't think so either because both of them are very mature individuals. And think about what Lewis said after George got second in quali. Mm -hmm. Lewis was like, oh, we're really happy, blah, blah. And he goes, I'm so happy for George. Like, amazing. George did great today. That kind of thing, the main rivalry I always think of with Lewis is 
Nico. Yeah. And that was not their relationship. It wasn't like, woo, Nico did great. Great thing from the team. But Lewis was so much younger back then. Nico is a menace. um, Yes. And look, I, I, I say that Nico Rosberg is bad luck. That's okay. all I gotta say. Okay. So the one thing I will say about Nico Rosberg is like he holds that grudge mm-hmm. to this day mm-hmm. and like holds that whatever, like I beat Lewis in the same machinery to this day. Mm-hmm. And I really don't think Lewis gives a shit anymore. Would oh. you agree? Lewis has won how many world titles since then? Yeah. So how many races since then? How many podiums since then? Exactly. Uh, Nico Rosberg retired. I just feel like Nico's the type of person who just really loves to needle, you know? Like, oh, he just enjoys, He is like, an instigator. Yes. So, I, I feel like that was definitely a very different situation. But I am interested to see what's going to happen there. I do think, though, for the most part, like, Russell's a very level-headed driver in the car. And also, I think... He's an even more level-headed person out of the car. Uh, yes. Because I always, 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 always think about what Will said. Will Owen. We had him on the podcast. He's our dear friend who's a race car driver. I always think about what Will said, where he's like, you feel like people are trying to kill you. Like, every time you are driving in the car, it feels like, like everyone, everyone around trying you to is kill trying you. to kill you. And that's one of those things that i remember when the drivers are coming across really calm Mm -hmm. i'm like he is really calm for the situation he is in yeah so like i mean obviously the calmest driver literally ever is fernando alonso it's bordering on terrifying oh yeah i'm like you like i know carlos Sainz is the smooth operator but fernando alonso is is the bordering on apathetic yeah (laughs) operator Like, he's like, he's like, anyways, uh, you want to check the rule book on that? Because mm, that didn't seem right to me. Like, just like, chill. Yeah. He's like, guys, check the rule book on this. I'm pretty sure this is what happened in Silverstone last year. I'm like, you're driving a car at 200 miles an hour. Like, he has like a computer in his steering wheel and he's like, like <laughs> scrolling through the rule book instead of looking at the road and just like, it like, always gives me Spy Kids vibes. Remember, like, the little glasses screen that yes. comes in front and it has a computer? Like, he has yes. one of those in his helmet and he's just scrolling through the rule book. He's like, actually, in Article 16.3, subsection 2. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what's happening. that is exactly anyways so red flag obviously Mm -hmm. for alex now it wasn't an immediate red flag we had a safety safety car car first and george russell pitted and came out in seventh and that really really screwed him over because it mattered lewis initially is like guys like this screwed me and they're like we don't think so they're like we don't think so and then it red flag russell had pitted and, it and then red him. flag, and he's the one that got screwed. Not that it mattered in the end. Exactly. But... Now this was this was the second safety car in the first like ten laps. Oh, so the, this was a nobody nobody race, initially thought that we were going to see this many red flags. Um, another were point: three? there were three red flags, and this is the first race in history that has seen three red flags. Now, not to mention the amount of safety cars. Not to uh, mention the. Uh, oh. Now, the amount of debris on the track, debris. This is what I was going to point out because a lot of people were very confused as to why we went from Mm -hmm. a safety car to a red flag after we'd had, you know, whatever. Initially, I was like, is it because the tractor's out and we saw Suzuka last year? Yes, that conversation. Part of it, I think, was that, but also everyone was saying that the amount of gravel 
that was on the track and also the amount of carbon fiber debris that we saw on the track mm-hmm. because of that barrier that Alex had hit. Um, we've seen this be an issue a couple times in the past. Punctures. Races. Actual yes, like carbon fiber. Floor damage. Like pictures, floor damage, all damage, of that. Things like that. And yeah. I think they're being really cautious of that. And essentially the race director was like, look, we can spend 10 laps under safety car while we sit here and we have people try to uh-huh. sweep this. Or let's just or pause. we can red flag the race, pause, hit pause, and just bring the sweeper out and bring everyone out. And I think that is the right call. I do have to say the amount of red flags felt excessive. However, the reasons that it was red flag makes sense. Yes. There were some things Jensen Button was saying that I agreed with, like at the end that mm-hmm. we should have had a stop full start, not a rolling restart, and just seen what happened in the last lap. That's what I'm saying. But... I do have to say that I think also when we take into consideration when something gets red flagged is that race control is listening to driver radio. Mm -hmm. Nico Hulkenberg was like, I almost just hit Alex because it was completely blind. And if you have not seen the onboard of Nico Hulkenberg, it's terrifying. And Nico Hulkenberg literally like almost smashed by like probably about this much and the reaction times Mm -hmm. this is where i really sometimes feel like these guys are superhuman because the reaction time in that moment for nico hulkenberg was incredible it's it was like the same as when they're driving in the rain and they literally can't see anything because the amount of dust and gravel that was flying Mm -hmm. just and he barely missed alex's like rear wing it was crazy absolutely and i just think that they listen to that and then they're like okay so as we sit and try and clear this up also we have to consider we're running their tires we're doing all of these Mm -hmm. things it's unsafe it's taking longer it's all of that stuff and i just think i don't know i think it makes spectator as well as much as like when you're watching it on tv or you're there as a fan like having the red flag out kind of sucks because there's no cars on track but as a spectator you want to see all 58 laps of racing you that's what you want nobody wants to sit and watch them go around under a safety car for seven laps no because you're wasting race time time and uh-huh. I think we've seen that be an issue in the past couple seasons is where that safety car comes out and it's like, okay, we'll it's almost like watching a parade, uh-huh. a really fast parade. And so my opinion is the red flag was the right call in this instance, in this scenario. Really quick comment also on Alex's crash. I have to say, for some reason, the crashes in this race felt really hard. Like, extremely, like, visceral I'm wondering if it's just the areas that caught people out specifically. Because, like, Alex's crash was, it was a hard hit. Yes. Like, harder than I expected. Yes. And watching his onboard, I was like, ooh, ouch. And then you think about K-Mac. He walked away from that really quickly. Alex Albon walked away from that completely unscathed. And this is where we just need to talk about safety and the headrest and everything for a second. because Everything that we talked about oh. in our F1 to, for dummies and all of those safety regulations, they are saving people's asses over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> and we will make another iteration of that probably when it comes to the summer break. Yeah, and any updates that they've made this yes. year. Anyways, K-Mag. His suspension damage with the tire flying off and oh, painful. And to we watch. will get to that. Yes, and the Pierre Esteban it, it looks, gives me the cringe. It looks like it yes, just 
hurt. Yes. It was so hard. I don't know. This is like, because obviously we've seen crashes. Mm -hmm. We didn't have any crashes in Bahrain. We didn't have any crashes in Jeddah. I don't believe. We had DNFs. No yes, crashes. Yes, we had DNFs, but I don't think we had any crashes. In both those races. Maybe I'm just not used to the crashes again because we had such a long break, but there were a lot in this race, mm -hmm. and they were hard, hard hits. Yes. Yes. So we had new tires for everyone, and George and the couple people who pitted under the safety car got completely screwed uh, by the red flag. And that is unfortunate, but like I said, hard for the strategy engineer to call that in the time being, being like, oh yeah, they're going to red flag this when they have no prior history of that. Mm -hmm. um, the one other thing I want to point out is if you do watch the red, like watch through the red flag, George has found Carlos Sainz blow dry helmet hair guy because right? his hair came out of that helmet. And I was like, granted we'd had 10 laps, but I'm like, it looks like perfectly styled still. And he's not wearing a hat. How do you do this? I don't know what's up. I, I don't know what's up. He found the blow dryer mm -hmm. in the helmet guy. And I'm here for it. Like, I love it. I love it. I must thank that man. All right. Whoever invented that helmet. Mm -hmm. There wasn't too much restart drama, I would say. I, the the only thing was that 10 car lengths that we were talking about um, behind. Because they put them behind the safety car. And everyone, for the most part, was on the hard tire. And they were trying desperately to get heat because, into those tires because they put them behind the safety car but it was a full stop to restart mm -hmm. it wasn't a rolling restart, and so everyone is trying to get heat into mm -hmm. those tires and everyone's like can Bert Mylander please drive faster and then Max is like um Lewis is basically stopped in front of me and I don't see the safety car anywhere what like, about there's no way lengths? he's 10 car lengths and then everyone's like yeah that is weird they're gonna have to check that out then was it Ted Kravitz in the pit lane who came came mm -hmm. on and said, "Hey guys, um, actually, Lewis is correct. Mm -hmm. I think everyone forgot he is an eight-time world champion and probably knows the rules really well. He is correct, and he has every right to slow down and get to where he wants to be because it's, technically this is a formation lap. Yes, so that is where the technicality mm -hmm. comes from because it is technically a formation mm -hmm. lap. Although he is behind the safety car." The safety car has gone back into the pit lane. Exactly. So he then has that freedom once the safety car has as the race leader, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as the race race leader to lead and determine the it safety. Is, it is the, the same as a formation lap. How the pole sitter gets to determine the pace of everyone behind him. Which, to be honest, is, aside from the issue that we saw at that blind corner, and I can't remember exactly which turn it is. Uh, where oh. people were having to pass each other and that almost got so dicey. So is that the corner where Alex crashed? I think it might have been. Yeah, so that got crazy. Um, we had like, I was think- Was it Hulkenberg who drove Magnuson, over or was it Magnuson? Magnuson drove up and over mm -hmm. and I think it might have been Sonoda as well. Both of them had to go this way because everyone was like almost kind of stopped. Yeah, that was right one there. of those things where like all of them, I believe were thinking the same thing Max was where it's like, we all are going safety car speed. Mm -hmm. And Lewis is like, huh, guys, you forgot. I know everything and we don't have to go safety car speed. But I will say that probably saved us from what happened at a, under our second red flag where none of them could get heat into the tires exactly and because oh, he, as much as he like stopped the field a little bit he also then made it so everyone, everyone could get that you know get up to speed and get that heat in their tires so then on the restart hamilton had a great restart did continue mm -hmm. to lead that race until drs was enabled 
Uh, we did get some contact between DeVries and Ocon, but there was no further investigation, mm-hmm. and it did not inhibit either of them. It was just a quick boop boop. Just an incident. I literally have a note that says what's going on with Bottas, because I don't think Bottas had broken 15th place at any point within the race. He did stop, I believe, under that first safety car, or it was either under the first safety car or the second one, and he did kind of get screwed over for that Otas, signs yuki and george all stopped to get tires under the safety car that turned red flag okay and they all got they all took they all yeah. they all got a little effed yeah. there so as soon as drs was enabled uh verstappen did go around hamilton and it did almost look like a flashback of last week because so... that red bull just is so fast under drs what's going on uh, yeah because a lap later, Max already had a two-second lead because he did have that DRS on Lewis for the entire lap. That is maybe... Four. four, four yes. Four. Oh, this actually reminds me. They were talking about how the lap record and the fastest lap is faster than it was last year, mm-hmm. which was set by Charles, mm-hmm. because there are four DRS zones. Mm-hmm. So every lap is technically faster than it has been because there is the DRS speed. Yep. So I actually found that really interesting. And it was also really cool to see that fastest lap getting traded up and down the field consistently. Who ended up with fastest lap? I actually don't remember who ended up with the fastest lap. Me either. Hmm. So Max already had a two second lead on Lewis after literally one to two laps passing him. Nuts. Absolutely nuts. George was up to fourth by the time the DRS, I think it was three or four laps into the DRS being enabled. So the Mercedes had pace this weekend because the cars he was passing were like Stroll, Signs, and who else was up there? Um, Gasly. Gasly. Which? Those those three were fighting all race. Pierre Gasly, what are you doing there, bud? I'm happy for him, though. I really feel like Gasly needed the boost that he was never, ever getting at at Red Bull. Yes. He needed someone to, like, obviously believe in him. Because he needed the car. I think we're also forgetting how damaging that entire experience with Red Bull being promoted and then demoted mm-hmm. in a season. How, like, horribly damaging that has to be to somebody's psyche. Yes. Like, mentality-wise. And the thing ugh. is, is Pierre Gasly is truly genuinely an incredible driver Absolutely. with an insane champion mindset. Absolutely. And I think it anything can change. Aston Martin suddenly has an amazing car that like, whoa, depending how the rest of the year goes, Fernando Alonso might just like literally win a bunch of races and become world champion. Like literally anything can happen. You know what I, I would mean? I'd love to see that. I'm not going to lie. Right? I, I doubt really I doubt with Red Bull. Right. But you know what I mean. Yes. It's crazy. So it's like he has a better chance with Alpine having like a crazy year, mm-hmm. and, and I really, in, even in a couple years, I really feel like we are ever gonna have Alpine with some pace as well this year. I think and Alpine's starting to find it. It's more than he was gonna get at Alphatari. Yes, because look at Alphatari this year. Yes, they're struggling. Yeah, like they have been the last couple years. At this point, this was probably like lap fifteen. Checo's already up in fifteenth place. Carlos did pass Lance Stroll eventually, which mm-hmm. was good. We were hopeful. Things were looking up. And then George was on fire, which was terrible. Horrible news for everyone. 
He did make it to the pit exit. Yes, which did close the pit lane entry. Because he was at the pit exit, it closed the pit lane entry. He could not get into the pit lane because, because Stroll, Stroll was, was on the pass on. Yes, exactly. Which, that's just how racing works. Exactly, yeah. that's exactly how racing works. Nothing bad on Stroll, just mm-hmm. the unfortunate um, moment. But yeah, scary. Lot There were a lot of flames coming out of that Mercedes. And that's something that we really haven't seen because Mercedes has for the past couple years, been extremely reliable. Fun fact, this is George Russell's first mechanical failure since joining Mercedes. The only other DNF he had was in Silverstone, I believe, which was a crash. crash. Yes. Mm -hmm. So in comparison to, say, Red Bull, which not that Red Bull is extremely unreliable, but the last two years they've had some reliability Mm -hmm. issues, you know, like Mercedes might be... A slow car, but it works, <laughs> which is not what they want. It's unfortunately F one isn't always the case of the tortoise and the hare, where like the reliability will win you everything. But exactly. you do have to have reliability in order to consistently finish races. So you have to have that uh-huh. like mixture of both, which everyone actually was asking Max about because him and Checo were having problems because obviously all weekend Max last race in Jeddah mm-hmm. had the reliability issue of mm-hmm. his uh I believe gear shaft like driving shaft oh yeah and and he said his shifts this weekend were still were terrible. still weird and Teco obviously was having whatever his issue was then he had to have an engine components replaced yeah. new engine and components things reliability wise things are not perfect going on at Red Bull however Max said Nope, we're not having a problem. Everything just, we just want things to be fine-tuned. I'm like, you, sir, are sugarcoating what's happening mm-hmm. because, but they can. Everything yeah. is working for them, so they can sugarcoat exactly. it because they are winning. <laughs> exactly. But it's like, you know. It's, it's just, it is what it is. Now, this is where we saw the really great Checo overtaking moments. Mm-hmm. Checo fights through the field so well. And they talked, about, too. they talked about his record of fighting through the field a lot. Yes. Uh-huh. Echo is, like, historically very, very good at fighting through the field. And so by lap 23, Perez was in 10th. And I believe, two like, a lap or two later, he was in 9th. And, like, so, so off, Bestie. There, okay. There's a great point about this, actually. Our dad made a prediction. Our dad was at a soccer game and was talking to someone who was wearing a Checo hat. And he's like, yeah, he's starting in the pit lane or he's starting in 20th blah 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 and our dad goes yeah well he'll be in fifth he'll finish in fifth i already know it like he'll go from 20th to fifth haha how did we create dad this way like what did we do because without... sprinkled some magical uh, f1 powder on him i, I don't I know think, yeah i think we've just been like throwing mm-hmm. so much at him that he's like i was impressed right and then he he did he finished in fifth <laughs> it, he is suddenly fernando alonso like Fernando Alonso last week where he's like Max will be in second by lap 25 and then he was yeah it's the exact same and I'm like dad how did you do that exactly literally anyways yeah just um, Checo's yeah. great overtaking amazing oh, amazing overtaking Checo had a great race and he got driver of the day which I believe was well deserved I think it was well deserved there were a couple of people that I think could have been contenders yeah. Gasly Norris was Fernando yeah but now if you did not watch the race there was a completely and i mean ongoing battle between pierre gasly carlos Sainz, and lance stroll all race 
long, which is something we they would never were say trading. Last How did we get? I know, here? I know. They were trading. What was it? Fourth or fifth position? It was like fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah, just like they were right trading there, just... fourth, fifth, and sixth position mm-hmm. all race long. Yes. So we saw some great overtaking moves by literally all three of them. Mm-hmm. Then we saw potentially some tire games from Hamilton, or was I don't know. My my note says is Hamilton playing tire games or is he actually happy with his tire? Will we, made a great point at one point we when we know. interviewed him uh, last year that Hamilton is never happy with his tires. So if he comes on and he says he's happy with his tires, like this is a new thing for Lewis. Yes, exactly. It's either true or he's faking. <laughs> yes, and I really respect James Coulthard for uh, asking him outright in his post race interview. Was that tire games or did you really not like the tire? And Lewis goes, oh man, you know, like, no, nah, I was struggling like that mm-hmm. tire. And I'm like, Lewis, that smile on your face is saying something different. It's saying that you, in fact, were playing tire games. But Lewis loves tire games. He That's does. like his favorite. It, Lewis loves a good mental tire game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sainz did finally get past Pierre. And so he was in fourth, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, then we had another little battle between Sonoda, Piastri, and Ocon. Uh, Piastri lost a place to Ocon, but then Piastri was past Sonoda, so it was a, Piastri had a great race. He did. He was a, a, he put on a good show for the hometown fans. Did he finish in the points? I believe he did. Because of the penalty. Because of the penalty. Don Um, Claren. (laughs) By this time, this was, this was probably in the lap, like, lap 40. Verstappen had an eight second gap to Lewis Hamilton. No, because the crazy thing is Verstappen had his little Oh, and then he had a little, little snap moment yeah. that was kind of whack. It was hilarious what he said in the post race interview. He goes, Oh yeah, you know, I actually just did the the people here a favor. I I cut the grass for you right there. So you, you guys don't have to do that anymore. I was like, that <laughs> they were also comedians. Sarcasm, my guy. Um, loving that. He had his little snap, lost about three second lead that he had. Yeah, he built so it right back up. He it was, was there in, immediately. Yeah. yeah, it's so unbelievably fast. It like it's shocking. It's almost. kind of scary. Yeah, especially when it's in that clean air. Yeah, like he has no DRS on anyone. Any no lap, no DRS, and he is eight seconds ahead. It's crazy. Like, that is bananas. Yep, absolutely nuts. Checo did then pass Lando, so mm-hmm. I think he was up in uh, eighth or ninth at that point. Then we saw some funny things. AlphaTauri pitted what? for softs. I don't know what they were doing. Not that it mattered in the end, obviously. No, but... M- I'm confused. I would love to know what the because strategy was. Were they trying to go for fastest lap? And if so, they had a lot of time. Like, yeah, there were a lot of laps left. There were a lot of questions in my brain about that strategy call. Because this was like 15 laps left or something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What? Are, what you doing? Uh, yeah. And it was on DeVries, or was it on Sonoda? Both. I thought maybe I don't know what they were doing. Because I don't know, we just there's so many questions. Once about again, that yes, entire not situation. that it mattered in the end. Because yeah, two more red flags later and a crash. Like, not that it mattered, but there were teams that never had to make a normal pit stop. I don't think McLaren made a single in race pit stop. So AlphaTauri was one of those teams until mm-hmm. they ma- made that pit stop. It was McLaren and it was so it was McLaren and Haas. Maybe. Anyways, 
<clears throat> that probably saved so much of McLaren's race for them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. McLaren benefited so much from the red flags in this race. And you know what? Where other teams that's did a, not. That's a hands, that's a hats off to the strategists. Exactly. Then we had Kevin Magnuson losing his right rear tire. Um, what I believe happened is he had a little touch with the wall and that just caused the tire to so yeah i'm not sure they didn't really clarify very well if the touch caused the rear suspension damage or if there was rear, rear suspension, suspension damage, damage that caused, caused the, the tire tap, and, the and then the tire, tire just flew off slammed into a different wall was laying in the middle yeah and then there was a lot of debris from that obviously yes so the wall his did he run into the barrier there or no because so, that was the so, same corner that alex hit so we're not sure if it was a tap that caused it mm-hmm. but the actual scuff that they showed that was from the tire flying into it oh, so it wasn't okay. him hitting it there it was the tire gotcha so we're not sure if he hit it where it was i didn't double check that later but it was definitely weird it was a weird incident most of the incidents that happened in this race they were like it's like this is really really weird freak accident that could possibly happen because it's not even normal ones it's yes accident honestly this race was like the only not schrodinger's cat what is the anything that can happen will happen yes anything that can go wrong will go wrong Uh what's the what's the law or the rule oh i don't know but it's not the if a tree falls in the wood no one if no a tree doesn't fall if no, no one's ready to hear cat it. is like is the cat dead or alive in a box which is the same as does the tree make a sound if no one's there to hear it that's the same thing correct yeah, i don't remember anyway. it's been a really long time <laughs> we're like literally talking about scientific theories right oh, oh the anything only... that could go wrong in this race uh-huh. went wrong the Free only normal the only normal incidents were all the ones that happened at turn three like the first lap with charles that mm-hmm. was a normal incident turn yeah. three is sketchy all of the shit that went down on the second red flag restart which we're about to get into that genuinely it literally made almost none of the race matter yes which makes me so upset yes it was such a long race yes we're literally so much of it to just not matter no exactly and so if you did watch the race in we had a red flag is when that happened to k-mag originally i think it was a virtual safety car and it was almost immediately red flagged because because he was was... able to pull it all the way to a safe place to exit yes which shocking with no tire but But... the thing is is his tire and debris was laying in the middle of the road so in the middle of the track so they had to clear that and once again they decided we will red flag it because there is so much debris and a tire and the car and all these things so it makes more sense to red flag it and give them some laps because i believe at this point there were only five six laps left no they only had two that they could race because there was going to be one or two right behind okay the okay car. so there were about two or three laps behind the virtual safety car before they read the flag and it. then there was and then it was red flagged and there, and were, there were two, two laps, laps left two racing laps yes, left so they would have one behind the safety, the safety car, car and out lap and then, and then two, two laps. laps now this is where shit hit the fan dude if you were watching this race live we at this point the race is going on for like an hour and 35 this was a like two hour and 40 minute race the race itself yeah was like two hours and almost 45 because after this we wait for like almost another hour so (laughs) 
we have the red flag. And then we essentially get a two lap sprint race with no DRS. So there will be no DRS for this sprint race. Mm -hmm. So the person that impacts the most, well, besides kind of everyone is Red Bull because Red Bull, I feel like by far has the most advantage from DRS. Yes. And that would potentially have kept Max behind Lewis and could have led to a Lewis win. Well, Which we were Max kind of all hoping first for. at this point. Oh, I know, but everyone thought Lewis was going to mm, pass him yes. because Lewis was way Lewis better off the line. Had been great Mercedes off the line. was amazing off the line this weekend. Absolutely, they were. Now, the one thing I will say is uh, Max actually on that safety car restart immediately goes and covers off Lewis, which it, is exactly was, what he should have done. And he performed it perfectly well. It was well. his best One of his start. best restarts I've ever uh-huh. seen. And his best start of the weekend. Absolutely. Of, that, of the race, because he had a few, you know? He had, everyone had a couple starts. Yeah, you know, it was honestly like a practice start race. Over there was just a lot of starts. Like, if you didn't get the first one right, don't worry. There'll yeah. be more. Yeah, we're going to have another one. Exactly. So practice this is start. where we saw the cold tires, because what mm-hmm. Max didn't do was what Lewis had done where he backed up the entire field enough that he could accelerate as fast. So everyone is on the radio. Please tell him to go faster. Please tell him to go faster. Like, can the safety car go any faster? Like, I can't get any heat into my tires. And granted, we also have to remember that Burt Mylander, while he's a phenomenal driver, he's not in an F1 car. They're still going ridiculously fast in these cars. This is We talk about this a lot, I think. How slow they look on TV in comparison to in person is almost hilarious yes because having seen a race in person and behind a safety car yes they are going so Bert mylander is driving his heart out like literally going 150 miles an hour like so i think sometimes there's a little bit of a misconception with the safety car because they are not just parading him around at this slow speed Mm -hmm. because Keep in mind, F1 cars have to be going a certain speed and have to maintain a certain speed in the tire to be able to run at all. Otherwise, it causes damage to the gearbox. We should have a conversation about this at some point, maybe make an episode about this. I really think we should bring Will in on this too, because I think he'd enjoy that as well. Yes, because I think that the actual mechanics of an F1 car and the way that they have to be started and kept running and things like that is something that people don't really think about. Yes, it's not a normal car where you can just get in, turn it on, and go. That's why there's a red flag. So many. Mm-hmm. The way that they have to stop in the pit lane for a red flag, things have to be cooled. Things have to be plugged back in. Things have to whatever. It's all very specific because that's why when the cars don't just drive out and park in the pit lane and are ready to start, they are being like touched tires heated stuff plugged in this whatever right before the start of the mm-hmm. race because they have to be like they're like little babies yes the the, the their own cars are delicate they're extremely technologically advanced but they're extremely delicate mm-hmm. as well it's they have to be baby very fascinating so mm-hmm. this is where you see speed being kind of like such an issue and one of the reasons they really need that speed yeah. is to get heat into the tires but also, we have to just remind everyone that Burt Mylander is human and he is in a, granted, very, very fast Mercedes uh-huh. safety car, but it isn't an F1 car. I do have to say, I love the Mercedes safety car. It was red, correct? Mm-hmm. Oh. The CrowdStrike. 
Oof, it I, looks good, doesn't and, it? And you know how I feel about Mercedes cars. No, don't, I'm I, not the biggest I actually fan of them. don't usually like them almost at all. And I love the red Mercedes safety car. It is so nice. Anyways. <laughs> I can't disagree with you there. Mm-hmm. Now, there was, because of this chaos on the restart, signs had contact with Fernando, Fernando Alonso. Alonso. Uh, some yeah. are referring to it as the Spanish Civil War of... And we also had the French revolution oh yes the french revolution as well you know we had a we had a reintroduction of a lot of famous battles throughout history uh, in this race uh, um it was uh, a it was a, it was a great time going so on um fernando alonso had a really big spin ended up pretty much in the back no at the back of the grid miracle that that car did not end up in a wall or get hit by anybody else this is one that, of those things where it is just fernando alonso because there was no damage no it is just fernando yeah, alonso like, just insane insane amount of luck but also intuition and he just it's incredible to me yes and this is one of those things where we've had this conversation before last season where i was like "Mm, i don't love fernando alonso i don't love fernando alonso i understand he's a great driver i don't love him i like him so much more this year at the front because we're seeing him more we're seeing his driving though like we are seeing a we are seeing more of his personality come out in his driving because he is more excited. Yes, I he feel like Aston Martin is a really great fit for him. Uh huh. And I don't feel like him and Esteban Ocon were good teammates. No, no, at, at all. Oh no, no. I I don't think so. I, I think I don't know if Esteban Ocon is good with any of his teammates. I have questions about that as well because so. ever since his teammate was Checo. They did not get along at all. Did he get along with Daniel? I mean, who doesn't get along with Daniel? I don't know that he, like, really got along with Daniel. I don't know either. Anyways, with that, uh, we had contact between Sainz and Fernando Alonso. That then caused a little bit of a ripple effect all throughout the field. Everyone's slowing down. Everyone's trying to avoid Fernando. We had six cars out. We? So, so... So this is turn three. This is the first like turn turn. Mm-hmm. And let's gravel. Yeah, let's really quickly just touch on the Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon knife, knife to, to the, the heart. heart because Pierre Gasly was driving his heart. He had a great out. race. He had, had an amazing race. I feel so bad for Omar Safanel because he honestly had done the entire Alpine team had done a great job. And, weekend. and he had said, we still have hope if they don't do a restart and they keep the order from before. However, that did not happen. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, Pierre and Esteban Ocon were entirely out of the race. And the points, which is super, super unfortunate. So what essentially happened mm-hmm. is, you know, Pierre has to move to avoid the signs fernando incident does not see does Ocon. not see Ocon. Ocon, they touch tire right to the middle that slam both, both of them slam into the barrier into the barrier and that was an ugly it, ugly crash that was one of those that makes you go ooh. yeah if you watch if you watch espon Ocon's onboard you can see Pierre in front of him mm-hmm. and that slam oh it like hurts we actually got to watch that real time in a replay version with Omar and Omar goes, yeah, I just don't think Pierre saw him. He just didn't see he him. He just didn't see him. 
and I love that he doesn't villainize his drivers. Absolutely. Genuinely, I love that. I think that's a really, really great quality. I like Gottmar a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, as a team principal, I I really respect him as a team principal. The other thing that we need to touch on was number one, Nick DeVries had a rough race. It was not Nick DeVries's race. I feel like not a single safety car or pit stop went his way. Nick DeVries was taken out by Logan Sargent. And Logan Sargent ran into the back of him at the race restart. So Gasly Ocon, DeVries, Sargent, Kevin Magnuson, George Russell, Charlotte Killer, and Alex Albon. All, all DNF. And this gave us another red flag. Yes. So then we <laughs> had another red flag. And this is where the majority of that time that was in the broadcast was spent. Almost. Because this is where the FIA has... Let's let's acknowledge the fact that the FIA has so much pressure right here. At least. To make, number one, the right decision. And number two, to make it a safe decision. At least they didn't jump. Is my is like I'd like rather the FIA take the thirty five minutes that they took, mm-hmm. go through the rule book, go through all of the past instances. Instances here, I'm sure they're communicating with every team boss, mm-hmm. every team whatever, and they have to be unbiased, be unbiased, mm-hmm. and make the correct decision. And I think that a lot of this came down to the decision that they ruled in Silverstone, mm-hmm. and. The consistency that they are trying to have because exactly. they are notoriously inconsistent exactly mm-hmm. and, and i have to say i think they made the right call this, in this instance because they did not go through a s- sector i'm gonna say something controversial okay i think this is the call that should have been made in the 2021 abu dhabi race the one where max took his first world championship i think that they should have red flagged it and they should have still had, they should have had the start that Jensen Button said, where they do the one lap starting, like not a rolling restart, an actual start one lap, mm-hmm. like they were supposed to have with the second red flag that mm-hmm. caused all the crashes. I think that that is what should have happened in Abu Dhabi because a red flag is a safer option, a fairer option, mm-hmm. all of those things. I think that they have learned their lesson. And they are doing red flags in this way yes. because it is consistency. It is unbiased. It also, is as things. a fan, you don't want to sit there and watch 12 laps behind a safety car. And you don't want the last lap to... You don't want the race to finish under a safety car it, either. It did in the last lap, but we hoped it wouldn't with the second red flag that gave us that was supposed to give us the two Exactly. Laps. You know? And you can't really... We can't do anything about the that. The fact that that was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I noticed is Toto Wolf and Fred Vassar looked so conspiratorial while they were chatting on the pit wall during the red flag. They looked. It's it's the type of scene that like they put in Drive to Survive when they're talking about something they're controversial, like, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Well, I mean, this is what's happening here," and like, "Well, this is completely unfair," and you're mm-hmm. like, "That's going in Drive to Survive." Anyways, so thought that would be a fun thing to point out. What did end up happening was a one lap behind the safety, behind the safety car. car. As soon as it's, the safety car went into the pit, they had the checkered flag. They literally crossed the line. There was there what? was like, <laughs> and then a meter. I think it was one meter exactly. Hey, Lewis went for it. Lewis still <laughs> did give it his best, and you know what? But yes, the race order that happened before the second red flag restart. So before all of the five DNFs that happened, um, that was the finishing race order. So it was Max, then Lewis, then Alonso, which 
amazing luck for Alonzo because oh, he ended up last. Really amazing luck for Alonzo. And you know what? Luck for everyone who DNF'd. Here's the thing. Uh, I think Alonzo did deserve third place. I think so too. Also, um, Signs got a five second penalty so for that crash. How do you feel about the Carlos Signs penalty? Like, how how do you feel about it? I think because I understand what they're doing. Exactly. I understand what they're doing. Once again, this is a consistency thing. Yeah. When they look at it and they say, okay, rule rule for rule, where was he in the turn? Where was this? Where was that? Because you also have to consider how much other damage Carlos caused by hitting Fernando. I think a penalty was deserved. Mm-hmm. I think it sucks. Mm-hmm. I think it it is horrible. Sucks. You can hear it in his voice. So too. upset. And it's like heartbreaking to hear. And he's like, no, 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 no. Because Carlos really did drive his heart out. He, he had, really he had, had a good a, race. A really good race. For what they could do. Because yes. Ferrari isn't having a great time. But it it truthfully mm-hmm. breaks my heart that it happened the way that it did. Mm-hmm. Now it gave us other good things that I'm glad we saw. Yes. Yastri was in the points for his home race. He's a real home race boy because he's born and raised in Melbourne. Literally 25 minutes from Albert Park, I think is. Or no, five minutes, five I minutes think, minutes down the street or something is like. Like, he's literally, yeah. that's like his neighborhood. Yeah. Like, he's just a little. He's like Charles in Monaco. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a little homeboy there. So, for that, I'm really glad he got points. Absolutely. But it it does suck that, number one, it was at I believe Yuki got pushed into Yuker the points got... as well. Yuker. Yuki got pushed into P10, and that is his first points of the season. Which, also, he now has the same trainer that was Daniel's trainer, who is Australian. I believe his name is Michael. And so it was Michael's home race as his trainer and their first points together. Cute. Right? So there were good things that happened, but it is really upsetting as a Ferrari fan and as a Carlos Sainz fan. Also, just... There's a lot of uproar that happened. Absolutely. A lot of uproar. I mean, Haas was upset because Hulkenberg would have been in fourth. However... I don't think Hulkenberg deserved that position. I think that he obviously drove his heart out. He did. And he's on a Haas. And he finished, what, seventh? Yeah, he outperformed Kevin Magnuson. Oh, he just... But... Okay, um, to use, like, the way I normally talk, like, he slayed. Like, yeah, Nico Hulkenberg slayed this race. Okay? I'm, like, rooting for Nico Hulkenberg, personally. He's just not... I'm, I, don't, I don't have the same animosity towards him as, like... Pestos to Esteban Ocon, but like I just don't love I knew Nico. You were gonna say that. Like I just don't love Nico. Um, like there's nothing in me that's like, oh Nico. Like yeah, mm. I I enjoy him as a driver. I enjoy him, but yeah, I think that obviously it's even a miracle that he finished the race where he did because immediately in the in the in, in lap out yeah in lap out lap yeah in lap he literally broke down and had to walk back to the pits. Like I don't even I don't know what the, to say. Anyways. Getting to some last and final points, this is Red Bull's first podium in Melbourne since, since 2011, 2011, which I believe was Sebastian Vettel, and it is Max's, Max's first win in Melbourne. As a Max Verstappen fan, I'm very happy for him. Obviously, everyone hates to see the winner win, but I, I, I like to see something that hasn't happened before. Exactly, though. this was an amazing thing mm-hmm. for Red Bull. Mm-hmm. So. It's the same thing with, like, um, Red Bull's 1-2 in Bahrain, uh-huh. where it's like, we are happy for them for what they have done. Mm-hmm. They've broken a curse. 
And one thing I also really, really enjoyed seeing is uh, post-race interviews. After mm-hmm. I love seeing driver interactions. That's one of my favorite things to witness and see. Uh, everyone loves to talk about the Lewis Fernando kind of feud that doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah. So it was great to see the two of them. Number one, talking and chatting like old friends. I think truthfully they are two brilliant minds within the sport of F1. And I think they have a lot of respect for each other at this point. In time. Think, Maybe I not when they're younger in their career, but at I, this point in time. I agree there. I think there was a lot of animosity. And I think even up until like this last year, mm-hmm. there was definitely some intensity. Yeah, because they were teammates. Yes. I think that watching Fernando do so well and watching Mercedes fight, even though they're not doing very well, has made both of them a lot more appreciative of each other and mm-hmm. how good of drivers each other mm-hmm. is, you know? Yeah, it's it's a mutual respect. Uh-huh. Type it's it's increased thing. their respect for one another. Absolutely. And when people are at the front together, they are together more. Mm-hmm. So, like, they are standing on a podium together. They are yeah. doing interviews together. They are sitting in a cool-down room. Things like that where... You don't see Fernando and Checo talking all the time. You never have. No. But now they are talking all the time because they are in the cool-down room together. Absolutely. Because Fernando's always on the podium mm-hmm. now. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. Great to see that. I think post-race interviews were awesome. Uh, Max did throw shade to Lewis, which we expect nothing less of him. Of- what was the shade? He threw a little shade uh, for the lap one incident of Lewis pushed me wide and he's like, mm. uh, they're not they're not adhering to the rules and I guess we're going to have to, you know, go back and watch that and i'm like okay so he hasn't let it go entirely which of course not of course not he's max verstappen but at the same time they never do they never do um but it was also good to see on that number one max and lewis shook hands after the race like yeah Mm -hmm. immediately not like big embracing hug but you know, shook hands, were completely respectful, which I think Things are getting better. Yes. I think Max is maturing and everyone's kind of just water under the bridging it a little bit. I'm sure it still hurts. I'm sure Lewis Hamilton is still has pain from that because that could have been an eighth world championship that... Imagine how much satisfaction Lewis would have gotten from winning in the second red flag if he had gotten a better start than max and then max had no drs if all those crashes hadn't happened and there wasn't a third red flag or there was a third red flag but lewis had been in front it would have like just anyways yes that would have been nuts like i was saying though it was really great to see everyone on that podium looked like they were genuinely celebrating together Max and Lewis are spraying each other with champagne. Fernando and Lewis are spraying each other with champagne. It was a great thing to see. I think oh, Max yeah. was just happy to hear something besides Spanish in the cool down room. Max. He could actually hear what was and understand what uh-huh, was going uh-huh. on. <laughs> Max, Max is just always like, anyways, so I'm just going to start speaking in English and hope you guys talk to me. Like, <laughs> literally. Hi, did you forget I'm here? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. So funny. All right, so with that, let's get... On that podium, let's get into podium points. Oh, yeah. Okay, so all of our podium points are actually exactly the same. Again, and I know this has happened twice this season, and that's not usually what happens, but it's The big moments are, like, big moments, you know? So, my number three, and I believe both of our number three, Mm -hmm. is McLaren getting their first points of the season. Lando and and Oscar having a good race. Good race. Good Mm -hmm. race for McLaren. And also, Piastri scoring points in his 
first home GP. The strategist making very, all the right calls for all the red very flags, having everything work. They get points for that. And both of the boys do. It was great. And then the second one is kind of a Mercedes all in all, but mainly Lewis getting his first podium of the season mm-hmm. and George qualifying second and Lewis qualifying third. Mm-hmm. It was a great weekend for Mercedes and we celebrate that because I kind of love their, it's not like a true underdog story, but it's a little bit of an underdog story. The last on. two years have been kind of rough. So yeah. yeah, it's been a little bit of a rebuild kind of situation. So. Exactly. Happy to see that. And then first is, is the Red Bull win. The first one since 2011, which really just makes me miss Seb, honestly. It really, yeah. Honestly, this race did make me miss Sebastian Vettel very, very badly. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Max getting his first win in Melbourne. Yeah. Which is a big turnaround from last year where he DNF. True. Maybe there's still hope for Charles. <laughs> I I hope so. So yeah, that's our podium points. So each of those teams gets a point from each of us. Lewis and George get a point from each of us. Uh, Oscar and Lando get a point from each of us. And Red Bull and honestly, Red Bull, Checo and, and Max, Max get Because points. Checo was driver of the day. Flew, and yeah. Just flew through everyone. Yeah. Honorary mention, Alex. Alex yeah. and Quali. Alex Alban does get an honorary mention. Yeah. Because had he not just gotten it so wrong at that turn, mm-hmm. he really could have had an amazing race. Yeah. And I and think our race would have been very different had he not gotten it yes, wrong at that It race. would have been so different because we wouldn't have had that red flag. Yeah. And like Alex was running way up in the points. Yeah. He was running like seventh yeah. or something. Crazy. And George was in first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, ooh. Ooh, lots of lots of interesting things mm-hmm. going on there. Uh, let's get into Pop Culture Princess really Okay, next. so we don't have a ton of stuff for Pop Culture Princess because I didn't have enough time to screenshot a bunch of stuff. However, we do have a couple things and anything we don't talk about, we'll throw in, you know? We'll Absolutely, throw in little yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was an extremely and memeable we- race. Oh, so many memes about this race i feel like because of the chaos i feel like this race was one giant meme in a lot of senses oh yeah the only times we had 11 world drivers championships on a podium so oh yeah we need to talk about that the podium was all All world champions champions. and there was 11 championships between the three of them which is crazy and the last time that happened was 2020 with that's just Lewis and Seb, I believe. Mm-hmm. With Lewis and Seb together. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, Fernando has two. And, and Max, Max has, has two, two. And Lewis has seven. Oh, this one's, like, unexplainable, but you're just gonna... We're just gonna have to insert we'll it. We'll post this on our Instagram as well. Like, we'll do a little repost of oh, them. yes. There are so many good ones. Okay, let's see. F1 Troll. Which, by the way, F1 Troll is, like, my favorite getting five second five second penalty for a lap that doesn't exist is the most carlos signs thing i've seen in a while for a lap that didn't count getting a penalty it just like it hurts my feelings ferrari fans listening to carlos's response after the penalty it's squidward in bed crying Mm -hmm. danny rick audience cheers race audience falls silent (laughs) um oh that one made me laugh mclaren screwing points and then it's half of the grid dnf and it's the simpsons meme where he has like all of his fat fat mm-hmm. pulled behind his back um alonzo the instant his podium is at risk alonzopedia he's like excuse me well i have the rule book actually right in front of me oh oh okay 
So if you are not familiar with this, there is something called Darth Toto, Mm -hmm. which is, if you have seen the Darth, like, Kermit the Frog. Yes. Yes. So Toto Wolf in his rain Mercedes jacket Mm -hmm. looks, it's the same energy. Mm -hmm. And it's one of my favorite things. So it says, we sacrifice George to take out Max. Lewis wins. This one, Max hoping for clean, clean getaway from pole, turn one, and it's the George. It's the George. He's holding He's holding them off. It's the Russell. Okay, this is a letter to the fans, to all our fans. We would like to retract our apology. I guess we aren't that bad. And it's Mercedes. Um, our first Nick Debris of the year. Thank you. What are you? The whole field around a sandwich. <laughs> Max and Checo, a Red Bull sandwich. <laughs> We're just going to leave that one there. Oh. oh, yeah. Okay, there's so many. There's so many. We're going to have to just post these. Carlos, no! What? Sorry, force of habit. <laughs> it was actually Charles. Well, 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 how the turntables. <laughs> uh, there are so, so many. Good- the fact that four out of five mechanics weren't even surprised at Ferrari sad that actually i found horrifying right as a team that morale is that low that your driver has just dnf'd and you only one of you is looking upset Mm -hmm. that's like a systematic like issue problem Mm -hmm. look together forever if it's alex and charles (laughs) in seventh and eighth um this says, put me at a massive d- disadvantage. Red flag. You're in first, bud. <laughs> You're in first, buddy, and it's a red flag. So mm, disadvantage, we're not sure. Me getting up with two hours of sleep just to see two safety cars and a red flag in the first day laps. <laughs> yeah, literally. literally. This was such a crazy, the Spanish Civil War, obviously. Uh, obviously. French workers deciding to collectively strike in 2023. <laughs> Russell on fire, lap one. Russell on fire, lap 19. (laughs) There are so many good ones. Yeah, I gotta say, like, we'll just throw them all in because this was such a memeable race. But yeah, there's a bunch. We'll throw a bunch on our Instagram story. Lauren will insert a bunch of photos. But it was a really, I want to say funny race. It was devastating in so many ways. It was devastating for so many teams. But as a fan, unfortunately, it was was really enjoyable. It was entertaining, if Uh, I do say so. Yes, Long, yes so long but really entertaining i enjoyed the four drs zones i liked that he gave us a lot of battles a lot of overtake it's great to see a lot of different teams find pace within their cars that originally they were worried about this mm-hmm. year and on that bombshell it is time for us to end we will see you next time guys mm-hmm. have a great week bye, bye. <laughs>